everyone. Welcome to another episode of Choices, Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here, your host. I just want to welcome everyone today and just say thank you for joining us. I, I am so grateful for the tremendous response the show has had. And, and it, that wouldn't be there with all of you. I'm, I'm just so happy to connect with everyone and share fascinating, beautiful people with my viewers every week. And speaking of beautiful, I am so happy to share with everyone today, Acharya Shunya, just an amazing woman. She is one of the extraordinary teachers of the living embodied wisdom of Ayurveda. She is the author of an amazing book, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom. I just absolutely fell in love with the book. I interviewed her on my Why Am I So Happy radio show, and of course, had to also present her here on WBTVN. Shunya, welcome, honey, welcome. Thank you, such a pleasure to be with you again, Paula. Oh, thank you, and it's just so fun to see your face. I love it, I love it. Well, if, if you'd like to begin and, and just share with everyone a bit of your history, and and tell us and then you know for those that have not heard of ayurveda tell us what that is let me begin with the second question about what is ayurveda so for those of you who've not heard about it i just want to say it comes from ancient land of india it's about five thousand years old and ayurveda is a system of health and healing and it teaches us how to live the word Ayurveda literally means a perennial wisdom of life. So how to sleep, how to eat, how to exercise, how to make love, how to love our body every day, how to connect with nature. This kind of deep, profound, and really relevant wisdom is contained in this body of spiritual and divine teachings. And I am a teacher of Ayurveda. And regarding who I am, well, yeah, I come from an ancient family uh, known as a lineage, which has been involved in teaching the sister sciences of Ayurveda and yoga, along with Vedanta, which talks about a universal spirituality of deep embodied oneness. And my family has been um, transmitting this wisdom for countless generations. And here I am, I have a wisdom school in California, I've written this book, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom. And for the last three decades almost, Paula, I have been just passionately involved in um, changing lives. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, share with, with us, you know, a few examples of what we can do in our lives and the changes we can make when we bring this this new wisdom into our lives? Well, I'd love to begin with first sharing my own story, if I may, Paula. Wonderful. I started experiencing pain in my um, buttock area when I was uh, in my early teens, and I wondered why. And I couldn't walk for a while there. It was really painful to walk. And uh, I was one day feeling really miserable and sorry for myself. And my immediate teacher, 
who happens to be my grandfather, stroked my hair and said, can't walk? I said, mm-hmm. Why not fly? And what he meant was, don't focus on what you want to overcome. Focus on what you want to become. Oh, and this teaching helped me because I started... I'd been learning about Ayurveda intellectually until then, but I really started implementing it. So I would start applying warm sesame oil on my body before I took a shower. I would eat certain foods which were anti-inflammatory and they've been known to be that for thousands of years in very delicious, beautiful recipes. I would you know, drink hot water, which helps improve our metabolism and help me fight pain. So very simple things. I started implementing them in my life with a renewed vigor because I wanted wings. Yes. I didn't want crutches. And I'd like to tell you that I walk, I run. I turned 50 a few weeks ago and I don't feel like in any way limited. Yes. And this same approach, a very simple uh, application of Ayurveda's lifestyle wisdom tips in our daily life make a huge difference. So I have the case of one of my students, Brittany Barrett. She was 22. She met me when she was taking on 18 prescription drugs for ulcerative colitis. Every time she went to the bathroom, there'd be blood. She was going, you know, 10 to 12 times a day. When she met me, she met me at a retreat I was leading. There was no time to really talk to her or, you know, understand her deep situation, but she was in pain. And as a healer, I couldn't just walk away. So literally, we were sitting across um, the dining, a dining table in the dining area of the retreat. And she was handed five tips to do, written on a piece of napkin. <laughs> One of them included give flowers to yourself every day, meditate every day, drink a special buttermilk recipe or a yogurt smoothie recipe made with one part yogurt, four parts water, and a couple of Ayurvedic spices added to it not eat too many fermented and processed foods. And I don't remember what exactly the fifth thing was, but something simple. Mm -hmm. And with these five tips, she was on the go because she had nowhere else to go. She had been told this is an immunological condition. You cannot be healed. And within a few weeks, her bowels reduced to four to five. A year later, she got off an antidepressant that she was taking till age 16. She's fully healed. She's off of every drug possible and she herself has become a teacher and a practitioner of Ayurveda in her own right because she felt so indebted to this science. So I have countless such stories of very simple cherry picking, if I may say so. Yes. Taking this knowledge, this profound ocean of knowledge and applying it to our lives and it works every time. Much later, coming back to my story, I too was diagnosed in a modern facility with having a genetic aberration, an immunological condition. People with my condition live in wheelchairs or have multiple surgeries or have to take narcotics and even marijuana to deal with pain. Yes. And I just want to tell you that um, all is well. Yes, yes. And doesn't that tell us what what can we can do for ourselves with this wisdom and 
doing that cherry picking and, and making a few changes, changing our mindset, changing the food we put in our body, meditating, all of those just kind of come together and, and can do so much, can't they? Yes, especially when we are not trying to um, create a science as we go. If we can go back to what's known as a perennial wisdom. When you look at the Ayurvedic texts, because I'm a scholar of those ancient classical texts that were, you know, first handed over orally and then they were written. And they've been around for thousands of years too. Um, when you look at those texts, you realize it's a mature science. It's a seasoned, seasoned science. It has overcome its hypothesis, you know, its initial pains or growth pains. And it has now made verdicts around food, around seasonal lifestyle, a 24-hour lifestyle based on chronobiological rhythms that, are, that emerge from the fact that the earth orbits on its own axis. So there's a change in light and dark. And also there is an orbiting over a 12-month period. And all of these rhythms, seasonal and diurnal, they impact all organisms, plants and animals. How can we humans put ourselves in some technology, self-created virtual bubble and pretend that we can have our own rhythms and rather we live in violation of all rhythms. Yes. So what I noticed was that when we connect with a wisdom versus a technology, which is perennial, which is effective for all living beings, not just human beings and not just people who look a certain way or worship a different way, but all living beings, then it gives us um, predictable results and the results are health and that is why in the, my last three decades and the last um, 10 years um, um, of being an educator and uh, having students who are now teaching Ayurveda at Stanford University's health improvement program or certified to teach Ayurveda wellness my teachings at prisons for prison staff training throughout California. There is something, something that we can take home and be comfortable with without thinking that the next hypothesis of the next theory is going to say, oops, we have to recall this suggestion because it has caused more damage than good. Whereas in Ayurveda, we can go back and we can rest. And I love that restfulness aspect of Ayurveda. Yes, yes. Well, I know personally how much I, I enjoyed the book and I, I just, I got so much out of reading that book. And then I shared it with friends and it, it is, and it's just on so many levels, isn't it? These changes emotionally and mindset and physically and, you know, it, this wisdom, this work, really, you know, is wonderful everywhere, isn't it? Deeply so. It has really given a purpose to my life because now Ayurveda is beyond just my own benefit. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a trustee of this knowledge and I feel like I need to bring the secret out and let people know that there is actually a profound way that the ancient seers these amazing universal beings had discovered and gifted to humanity. In fact, there is Ayurveda teachings for animals too, for elephants, horses, domesticated animals. Really? Oh, tell yes, me really. about that. I, I'm yeah. an animal lover. I, really? How, how does really. that 
What does that entail? Because it's all for all living beings and we all share the common five elements of the earth, the sun, the wind, the you know, this air and the space. So we're all composed of the same thing and we all have feelings and we all have consciousness. So it was, you know, it was the gift of the seers to gift us this profound wisdom. And because it's in an ancient language, because it's bound in ancient texts, because the commentaries or the modern interpretations can sometimes be diluted, I really made it my life purpose to write this, you know, deep and detailed book, which can be a go-to book for everyone. It was like, not just a matter of, I have all this information, so I'll write a book. This is my mission. Mm -hmm. I've seen person after person heal with Ayurveda. I've, I've seen infertile women and men deliver babies. I've seen, I have cases that I have um, talked about who, who people can meet if they came, came to my school in California and people recovering from multiple sclerosis or blood pressure or depression or chronic weight gain. And it's like Ayurveda works every time and I, you don't, I don't even have to hold these people. I don't even have, I just have to share with them wisdom. Yes. And then I set them free. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about my clients per se. I'm talking about people I shared the wisdom with. So then what I did was, Paula, is that I put all this teaching that I share with people one-on-one -on -one or in the format of classes or workshops or immersion education into this book. Because I want this knowledge to live beyond me. I need these miracles to happen in every home. And, uh, and, and, and I feel like as a woman, I'm a, I have this subjective storytelling aspect of me. So as you saw in the book that it's not just information, I weave it with stories from my own childhood mm -hmm. when I was learning this. And it was really fascinating, Paula, and you might understand how it goes. Like I, the educator, the president of the California Association of Ayurvedic Medicine, a leader in this science, decided to write a book and boom, jumped my inner child, nine-year-old. And <laughs> I want to write too. I want to write too because I'm in love with Ayurveda because yes. it smells good. It tastes good. It's like a Harry Potter school of Ayurveda that I run. So, yes. you know, so we co-authored we co this book, the, the, the authority and the child with wide-eyed wonder. And so I love the book as a result. I read it and I feel like it could be a bedtime reading for children too. Yes, and, and there is so much wide-eyed excitement in the book, you know, to, to learn and read about, you know, the different techniques, the different information you give us. It is, you, you get excited. Yeah, I, I felt that it was important that along with the along with teaching the philosophy and the psychology behind it and the spirituality that I highlighted, I wanted to make this book a go-to book for people. So, you know, I divided it up into very pragmatic chapters like sleep, sex, exercise, digestion, you know. So uh, I remember this person who has had sleep problems for 25 plus years she's in her you know 70s and you know she's seen it all been there done it mm -hmm. kind of cheated and cynical person who who happens to be a friend of mine so i said here read it and so what she did was she just dived into the sleep chapter yeah. and she said i'm going to give myself 
these three teachings from Ayurveda for one week and I'll see. And those three teachings included before you go to bed, warm, like maybe two tablespoons of sesame oil and, you know, and um, self-massage, maybe even a tablespoon will do for women um, my age. Um, massage the soles of your feet and um, uh, cook uh, a cup of cow milk or almond milk if somebody is lactose intolerant with spices like saffron, turmeric, and nutmeg, which is a sleep inducer. And thirdly, no matter how bad your sleep is, by 9.45, start dimming the lights, and by 10, you should be flat on the bed. And she's like, all cynical, and it's like, yeah, yeah, my friend wrote this book, but I'm going to just try this and tell her it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, senior friends get to yes. do. They get to, yes. like, you know, yes. size you and shave off your yeah. ego a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, she got knocked out. She was asleep. And she's been sleeping since then. So this is the beauty of Ayurveda. And she thanked me. And I said, um, my dear, I get thanked a lot. I get a lot of flowers. I get a lot of letters. I get a lot of people supporting my message. But really, I have to thank these seers who gave it to the world. Yeah. And so you mentioned a little massage, self-massage before sleep. So is that just massaging maybe the bottoms of your feet or? The bottoms of the feet is mandatory, but they also say the outside, us, the ears, you know, just, oh. and then just to, and you know, kind of close your eyes and, you know, do this. And then just a few drops in the crown of the head which, you know, which nobody can tell you're carrying like three drops of oil here. But apparently this aspect is really helpful. So is this, but at least the soles of the feet. Even in Chinese medicine, all the meridians run from the soles of the feet up to the brain. And so also in Ayurveda, there's a deep connection between soles of the feet and your sense organs. And so they start inducing a drowsiness and, and that milk, you know, nutmeg has a sleep-inducing quality. So I have these sections on ancient spices that are available everywhere. I made sure that anything I talk about can be sourced within our country easily, mm -hmm. you know, whether online or at a natural food store or a grocery store. And nutmeg can be, you know, utilizes tiny amounts of it. And turmeric, you know, 7,000... Uh, studies have now accumulated in uh, just within the United States around the benefit of turmeric. And this is an ancient Ayurvedic spice which fights cancer, yeah. which improves digestion, is the best up for HIV. But guess what? When you drink it in milk, it does not give you phlegm or bloating. It just makes you sleep at night. So these ancient recipes, which are from my home, and they have been utilized in the Ayurvedic tradition for thousands of years. They are medicinal, they're magical, and they're also delicious. I mean, I have in my, in my school in California, we have all these young children, you know, children of my students and our clients, and we call them the, you know, the spice milk brigade. They're all growing up on it with, you know, delicious milk. Yes, I love it. So fun stuff. It's, it's fun, it's not... It's not, it's, it's medicine, but it's the medicine of the soul. It, it truly aligns us with nature and spirit and makes us remember that we are way more powerful 
then we have begun to think about ourselves. And my basic premise in all my teachings, Paula, and I think you love that aspect when I shared it with you on the radio show, was that it's not about fighting disease or preventing disease. This is about awakening health. And that there is always a coda of invisible health waiting to be awakened the moment we bring us bring it into balance. And this is the part that I just love. I just love. Because when we have the mindset we have to fight disease, well, we're in the fight mode. But if we're in the awakening, we're healthy, we're glowing, our our energy, our vibration is high. There's no fight necessary. It's, it's all peace. We, we are p farmers of peace and well-being. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, um, Ayurveda says that you could be having disease, but then you start leading your life in balance with the chronobiological rhythms and using nature's ingredients to help yourself. And no matter what be your prognosis, grim, serious, chronic, you just can't stop it. Health will start improving. So this is why I have stories or case studies of people who had really grim diagnoses, such as ulcerative colitis and Brit. And I said, put that, put that on the side, focus on these five things. And guess what happened? The health took over and the ill health kind of resolved. Yeah. So this is my approach generally. And this is what I wanted to capture. So many people say that reading this is like a rite of transition from hopelessness to hope. And I say, yes, that is what I wanted because my teacher said that hopelessness is the disease that precedes all disease. Yes, oh, that's a powerful statement. And, and I believe that's why your book became a bestseller in two weeks. I mean, so many people grasp that and yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very glad that the book is really the news about the book and my teachings are, um, you know, are being well received and they are spreading at the grassroots level by one happy person telling another person. And I, and I really believe that a book such as this one, which takes into account our emotions, our feelings, our life and our complexities here in the United States was, was missing. You know, we can study about Ayurveda as a system and here is a diet and here are some do's and don'ts, but it almost feels like overwhelming to take on another system and apply it. But when there is storytelling, when there are case studies about people just like us who are, you know, dealing with the traffic and the difficulties and the social media and all those pressures and right. still being able to incorporate through some very clever cherry picking, which I show how to do it. It just made a big difference, I guess. It just, I guess it became like that because I'm writing this after almost several decades of experience. I didn't just write it because I studied something and I wanted to write it. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have the experience behind you. And so to, to come down and train at your school, is that like a week training? Is it several weeks? Tell us a bit about that. If someone is watching today and says, I want to go and receive some of that training. What would that entail? Yeah, what do I train in? I train to connect back to yourself, back to your healthy self, back to your happy self, back to your powerful self. I like that word power. Yeah. I live by this beautiful divine power. 
And so the training is really self-love and self-care. And we, you know, my institute, my organization, and I, through that, offer classes from, you know, one day immersion to several weeks or even ongoing over several years. But the good thing is people are welcome to come join me from wherever they find me and meet me in person. I love meeting people who I'm, you know, influencing. But thanks to technology, they can also join me worldwide. I have students from Romania to United Kingdom to India to Nigeria. They study via online options that we have. So, oh, I love it. yeah, so, you know, I really like that because one of my missions was to spread this far and wide and technology helps make that happen. And all this technology, by the way, Paula in my school is wielded by volunteers. And these volunteers are all healed and happy people with Ayurveda. And once they got better, you know, I don't have to pay them to do all this. It's a not-for-profit that I have. They're all doing this, just like I wrote the book. They're holding yeah. different parts of our mission so that more and more people can know about Ayurveda. Beautiful. It's beautiful. With just a few minutes left in the show, Shunya, what, what last words of wisdom would you like to share with everyone? Throughout my book and throughout my teachings, when people meet me in person, they will know that one of the uh, one of the imperatives that we must carry for our own health is to be true to ourselves, to live the tallest version of ourselves possible, and to really say no to any self-defeating and a non-self um, non non-positive reinforcements that we give ourselves. I have always felt that we deserve health. Health is our true nature. Health is simpler than it's made out to be. We're not in some costly, terrible war and every symptom, every diagnosis is not the death knell. No matter where you are, give mother nature a chance and promise to mother nature that you're going to love yourself no matter how you look, where you are and where you've been. It's okay to have few regrets, but why not paint a whole new painting? So I invite everyone to give perennial wisdom of Ayurveda a chance. I mean, never meet these people, but they will be grateful that they, that they watch this show. Yeah. Both, of, both you and I may change lives today, Paula, is my conviction. Oh, oh, I'm just so grateful, yes, for the, the sharing, your beautiful energy, your beautiful information. Just so grateful. And, you know, may so many lives be changed today. And all the viewers, I just am so grateful. I love it. And, and it's, it's such beautiful information and wisdom for us to receive. Shunya, it's fantastic. I am so happy. And, and as we say goodbye, I want to say thank you to everyone. Love, hugs, and blessings. Shunya, love, hugs, and blessings. I am so honored to have had you here today and so happy to have connected with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Goodbye, everyone.